الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم صوموا عاشورا وخالفوا اليهود صوموا يوما قبله أو يوما بعده أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters once again allah taala has given us the opportunity to be witnessing this mubarak month of muharram and in this month comes a very auspicious day the day of ashura the 10th of muharram which is known as the day of ashura we have heard the virtues of these occasions many times before and once again we have to revise the same lessons to refresh them in our minds and hearts and to see how much we have brought the lessons into our lives the occasion of ashura as we know that this is a virtue that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself had mentioned and had described it was the 10th of muharram that was compulsory to fast before the month of ramadan became compulsory so that itself already makes it clear that this was a very very significant day and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to observe this fast the sahaba used to observe this fast then the month of ramadan became compulsory and the day of ashura the fast of the day of ashura became a nafil fast those who wish to keep it would keep it if somebody did not manage to keep it or did not want to keep it because it's not farz farz or compulsory so that was his option and fasting on the day of ashura the reward is that you kaffiru sanat al madiya that it compensates for the minor sins of the past year we often speak about this forgiveness and we hear about this forgiveness and the encouragement to try and do those things that gain our forgiveness and this is on every occasion the month of ramadan comes we hear about this then sulhijja comes we hear about it now muharram came other occasions come this is an ongoing thing we keep hearing this message and this lesson but the question is that we do we understand the gravity of this and how important this is how necessary this is that we keep trying to gain our forgiveness if we really knew then we will appreciate all these special moments to just understand it by way of an example that a person has a death sentence hanging above his head there's a death sentence forget the death sentence a person now there's a court case carrying on there's a charge against him and if this judgment is made on the basis of the crime he has com- been he has committed then he's going to land up in jail 
So that makes him so worried that he cannot concentrate on his work, he cannot have any enjoyment in his food. The most delicious food also seems tasteless to him. People are inviting him to come and join them in some kind of entertainment and recreation. His heart and mind is not in it. And generally he loses the whole taste of life because there is something that is now on his head that if I don't come out of this predicament, if I don't somehow manage to get safe from this guilty verdict coming against me, then I am in big problem. What is a big problem? One is a death sentence. That's one major issue. But even much less than that, forget 10 years in jail, forget one year in jail, even if a person is told one month in jail, that too is too much. One person was, there was some charge, he by mistake shot at somebody and injured the person or killed the person, it was a mistake thing. But in any case, this was an offense, so he was immediately arrested and he ended up spending three nights in prison until he was bailed out then the case took place whatever happened but now he made this error that he discharged that gun and this is what happened so he ended up three days in prison and after the three days in prison when he came out he said you know what one day inside there it changes your life in such a way forever that you just cannot get over it that one day is such an experience inside that prison, sleeping in there and staying in there, your whole life is affected by it. You can't get over this. Now he only spent three days and he's saying one day too is such. Imagine one month. Imagine one year. Imagine one, ten years. So in order to get out of that, a person does whatever is in his capacity. That He is speaking to this lawyer, he's speaking to that person for advice, he's going here, he's going there. And he's trying to see if he can use some contacts and whatever else. Now, he did the offense. And when he did the offense now, he's afraid that now the judgment is going to come against me. And how can I try and get this judgment off my head? So he tries everything in the book. And then he's going for some tawis by this person. And he's going by that person for dua. And he's reading some wazifas and he's finding out what else can I do. All this because he's trying to get that offense pardoned. There mustn't be any guilty verdict against him. So for this dunya, for one day in this jail of this dunya, three days in the jail of this dunya, one month in the jail of this dunya, it is something too much. And a person is doing all this, it, it made him lose taste for life. And when finally the judgment comes, if for some reason, on some technicality, on whatever, they said, no, fine, case thrown out, dismissed. Oof, that's such a relief for him. And it is like he got a new life. At the most, he would have had to end up maybe one month in jail. But that too was too much. And now that he got saved from it, it's like a new life. In Saudi, one person got some kind of fine for some traffic offense. Now this was a traffic offence, the law there was that if that offence has happened the first time, then there is a fine. And if it has happened the second time or some 
the details I don't have in my mind right now, but there's something where that at some point there is no option but you have to spend 24 hours in prison. Now just 24 hours. Now one youngster, he somehow got uh, fined again or got he committed that offence again and that was it now. Now they had he within so many days he has to come and fulfill this and he has to come and be in prison for the 24 hours he must come and book himself in so to say there is no hotel he must come and report there and then they'll, after he spent the 24 hours within that time then they will knock it off the computer of the system otherwise his whole iqama he is there on an iqama his whole iqama will get thrown out now he had within that 14 days or 21 days or something to report to go and do the time to go and spend the 24 hours in prison. His whole life he was now, his whole life had just for that time had turned around. He is so worried and he is saying, everybody is meeting, please make dua, whoever he knows, this thing has come on my head now. And he's saying, I can't sleep, I can't eat. For 24 hours in prison now, because a prison is a prison. But what does this prison? In that prison for that 24 hours, he knows himself that for this particular offense, he just has to stay there in that prison for 24 hours. He's not going to get flogged. He's not going to be given some other kind of... But that alone had become such a burden. Now, if we consider that for these little things in dunya, how worried it makes a person to be in prison for a day, for a month. And have we considered that if we don't get our sins pardoned, and if we have to end up Allah forbid, Allah forbid, in the prison of Jahannam, for even a very short period of time, we cannot imagine what that is. Allah Ta'ala save us from it. This, if we only consider that how people go around trying to get the case of their head in this dunya, then we will appreciate what these opportunities are to get the case of Akhirat out of our way, the case of Jahannam out of our way, and so that we get a straight ticket to Jannat without any accountability then we will appreciate what these occasions mean and what these opportunities are and all the other amal whereupon the forgiveness of sins has been promised. This then will become something that we will cherish. We will look forward to. We will try our utmost that I must do this. Not so that I can get my books clean and start again. No, so that I can become a clean person and remain clean. I can become a person who is forgiven and stay on that path. But we are weak, so we will keep making istighfar, keep begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness in one one gathering, one sitting. Nabi Islam would be making istighfar sometimes hundred times. The Sahaba would be counting over hundred times in one sitting. And Allah's Nabi Islam who is ma'asum, who is sinless, but he is making istighfar repeatedly. How much istighfar we should be making? how much we should be begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness and how much we should be eager to take hold of these opportunities to become those kind of people who are clean from all their sins. So this opportunity comes, the 10th of Muharram, Ashura, that we should be trying to engage ourselves in the ibadat of fasting and getting our sins redeemed. This obviously refers to the minor sins Minor is merely a comparative word that it is minor compared to the major sins. Otherwise, in reality, there is nothing minor. Any sin, any disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is a very big crime. 
It's a very serious thing. But compared to the effect of other sins, this is minor. So that's why it's called minor in that sense. But otherwise it's a serious thing. And as far as the major sins are concerned, one must make sincere toba, repent, resolve not to go back to it. So if this so-called minor sins, so-called in the sense that not what is in our mind, that minor means small thing, like uh, something that you can just ignore. No. It's minor in the sense that it is compared to other sins, the punishment is not as severe. The effects are not as severe. Otherwise it's a serious thing. It's like a small spark, small little ember and a huge fire. But that small ember also can burn the person to death. So therefore, we should be making sincere toba also, making istighfar, begging Allah's forgiveness and reshaping our lives. Then the other lesson that comes in this occasion of Ashura, when Nabi Wasallam came to Medina Munawwara, he was already keeping this fast from Makkah Sharif. When he came to Medina Munawwara, Nabi Wasallam was informed that the Yahud also fast on this day. So he inquired from them, why do you fast? So they explained that Musa wasalam, was saved and the Bani Israel were saved from Fir'aun and his army, from his people. So as a thanksgiving, because this happened on the 10th of Muharram, as a kind of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala, we fast on this day. So Nabi Wasallam replied and said, نَحْنُ أَحَقُّ وَأَوْلَى Musa minkum." That we are closer to Musa salam, and we are more worthy of being grateful for his being saved. So therefore, we will express this gratitude. But this was something that was already happening. Nabi Wasallam now added this to what was already taking place. That this fast was already in place. Now this was an additional aspect in it. The gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. In this one lesson is the lesson of gratitude itself, of shukr, which we have mentioned and discussed on many occasions. And if only we can bring this reality of shukr in our lives, then many, many things will become very simple, very easy. Many a times we are bothered by trivial things and we get taken up in that emotion, in that storm and we tend to start becoming despondent and thinking that maybe we made the wrong choice in life for example in coming to study deen study in a madrasa you'll get all kinds of situations you'll get all kinds of tests coming in the previous days the test was somebody accepted Islam in the time of the Sahaba then the test was persecution Hazrat Bilal he accepted Islam He's being dragged on the hot sands of Makkah. That was his test now. So somebody accepted Islam at that time. This was the test. Somebody is being bound in chains and being shackled because he accepted Islam. Somebody is being whooped mercilessly because he accepted Islam. But all that didn't make them shift one inch. It didn't make them change their position one but. Because they understood what a wealth Allah Ta'ala has blessed them with. Nowadays the situation is different a little bit. That 
when a person takes on the line of deen, then you'll get people passing their comments, those who don't have anything better to do. And often those who are trying to find company to do the wrong thing. Or they don't want to become uh, seen as a person that is different to somebody who is doing the right thing. Now if 15 people are there, 10 people are there, all doing the wrong thing, nobody stands out as doing the wrong. All doing the same thing in that household. Now one person is doing the right thing, one person has become conscious of deen, then now this puts the other person in a very different light. That look at this girl, how she is conducting herself, and what are you doing? But if both are doing the same thing, nobody bothers about it. Nobody takes notice. So now in order to keep the status quo, in order to keep things going the way it is, that everybody is bad, everybody is doing the wrong thing, not that we should ever regard ourselves as good, or as better than anybody else, but there are certain things that are clear-cut wrong, there are certain things that are to be done which are right. So now they want everybody to look the same, all must be doing the wrong thing. So in order to keep that going, so the person who is doing the right thing must be discouraged. Now make all kinds of comments. Try to break the person's spirit down. Try to demotivate the person. So now all these comments will be made against you. You think now you have gone into the another level and you are in the camel ages and you are losing out and what you are going to do later in life and whatever else, all kinds of funny, funny things. Nothing funny to laugh about, but funny in the sense that a person who has come in dunya for akhirat and is become so stupid that they make dunya the be-all and end-all, that is the ajib part of it. So in any case, now this became the test. On the one hand is the test of the Sahaba Ikram, and through the ages of the great awliya, etc. This is our test. Just as they remain firm, we remain firm. And what will help greatly to remain firm is shukr. This is what the point we are making. This gratitude to remain firm. Daily do we make shukr. Ya Allah, out of the thousands out there, you selected me, you chose me to be studying in a deeny environment, to study deen, to be able to improve my akhlaq, to get the consciousness, your consciousness, to be advised all the time about the sunnah of Rasulullah to be advised about the great akhlaq of Nabi wasallam to be guided towards the mu'asharat and mu'amalat that Nabi wasallam taught, to be given the knowledge of deen. Ya Allah, you selected me out of all the thousands out there. Ya Allah, it's only your favor. Allahumma laka alhamd wa laka shukr. Ya Allah, you saved me from that haram that so many are involved in. Ya Allah, this is only your grace. So many people are chatting to all boys and whatever else and they are destroying their iman, destroying their akhlaq, they're destroying their haya, and they're even thinking nothing about it too. They're thinking they're having fun. What blinkers have come on their eyes? Can we imagine a person is eating poison and thinking that I, what, what delicious thing man, I'm enjoying myself, others are losing out. Now that is, on top of the, the harm, this is a bigger harm. So Allah, you saved me from that. People are eating poison and thinking they're enjoying themselves. What, what blinkers has come over them? 
Ya Allah, you say, Allahumma lakal hamd wa lakal shukr, from deep down from the heart. Now, do we make the shukr daily? Think about the things Allah Ta'ala has saved us from. What not? So many people think that they are now on the path to, you know, making it great, making great success. So they've gone to university and they've gone here and there and they're thinking they're making a success of their lives and in the process now their haya is being decimated and what not is happening and how many are even, Allah forbid, how filthy they are becoming in there. Ya Allah, you saved me from all that. Allahumma lakal hamdu wa lakal shukr. Not to look at all these things with envy, but to look at it and then make shukr. Ya Allah, you say, what am I? Who am I? But out of all the thousands, Ya Allah, you saved me, you protected me. That shukr, repeated shukr, daily, to spend some time, few minutes, two minutes, three minutes, thinking about each of these things and from the depth of the heart, Alhamdulillah, Allahumma lakal hamdu wa lakal shukr. So this is the aspect that we have to start developing and Ashura comes and reminds us about this that this is also something that we should be very concerned about conscious about the aspect of shukr being grateful to Allah Ta'ala Then the other aspect is that on the occasion of Muharram on 10th of Muharram Ashura one very important lesson was given to us that when the Yahud were found to be fasting, the Sahaba came and they mentioned this to Rasulullah After having heard what they were fasting all about, Nabi said to the Sahaba Ikram that you continue fasting. You're not fasting because of them. Sumu Ashura wa khaliful Yahud, but you still oppose the Yahud. Don't be imitating or even outwardly resembling them in any way. Oppose the Yahud. How are you going to oppose them? Sumu yawman qablahu aw yawman ba'da. You fast an additional day, either a day before or a day after. So you will be fasting two days, they fast only one day, you have broken the outward resemblance also. Now let us think carefully to what extent our hearts are resembling the hearts of Yahud, let alone the outward resemblance. And the outward resemblance is actually the effect of the heart, the resemblance of the heart. Now what is the resemblance of the heart? A Yahudi's heart, what is in his heart? Filled in his heart is love of dunya. Dunya is the be all and end all. If I get dunya then my life is made. Without dunya everything is lost. Now there is a basic amount of dunya that everybody requires. But where the focus is dunya, that without material wealth, I must make it big. Otherwise, then everything is waste of time. So the entire object of life becomes wealth. Now that is the heart of a Yahudi. That the object of his life is wealth. Now to what extent is the object of our lives wealth? Outwardly, everybody, every Muslim's object is not wealth. But in practice, what do we show? That where deen is compromised for dunya, then that is giving a different effect. That is giving a different message. What is the heart resembling? Then, a Yahud, the Yahud heart is a heart filled with all this materialism, all fashion, modesty, shame, all these things don't count. Now this is the heart of the Yahud. The clothing must become tighter, it must become more revealing. 
the round necks must become v-necks and the shape of the body must be revealed if not entirely to some extent at least it mustn't be loose fitting because that is old fashioned so the Yehuda new fashioned and the old fashioned is the Sahaba Ikram so now who do we resemble and Nabi Islam will be saying on this occasion Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yehud there are so many things of Nabi Islam's teachings which then sometimes even become like a kind of mockery many a times we come across this where people's concepts have changed completely one is in practice a person is not doing something regarding it well but he doesn't have that in his mind and heart which the Yehud have presented just one one simple very simple basic thing which has become a very common thing nowadays previously previously the families every family there would be 10 children 12 children 8 children some 15 children whatever the case is things have changed dramatically now one person went to some doctor now a Muslim doctor and the Muslim doctor is advising him with his family that look this is something that you know times have changed now you must not aspire for many children it's a different thing if somebody says well whatever the limit uh, limitations are in terms of being able to manage this and that and the other that's a different issue but now this is a person giving a concept saying this is now times have changed now you mustn't go down that route you know that was in India now what he's saying that was in India but have we considered that what Nabi Islam said Tazawwajul wadudal walud fa inni mukathirun bikumul umama yawmal qiyama the Nabi Islam is saying that marry woman who will bear many children because I want to have a large number of ummatis on the day of qiyamah so this was a way of encouraging big families now the concept has changed people actually make this na'uzubillah a kind of mockery what a, what a sh- shameful thing this is and what a dangerous thing this is that something which Nabi Islam now this we are talking about this lesson of Khaliful Yahud now that is the way of the Yahud we two and our two not that if somebody has only two children there is something wrong with that what I am trying to get at is that how the mind changes completely the heart and mind start resembling the Yehud it becomes a complete now this is just one example that came to mind in so many things so many times you see people eating now they are eating where sometimes forget eating out in some restaurant and so on which itself is a completely alien culture to Islam that culture is quite bad going and eating out in these kind of places we know what goes on there the reports come and what kind of environments exist there if somebody really wants to buy something and eat provided he's buying it from a reputable Muslim then buy it go to your house and eat it at your home and if you really want to eat it out go outside in the garden and eat it you'll eat it out then you'll be eating out make it in the house and go eat it outside in your garden where there is proper parda obviously you'll be eating out no problem 
So in any case, now, many Muslims, let alone eating out in these places, in their own homes sometimes, there's a function, some kind of gathering, whatever, and people are standing and eating around, buffet style, so they're walking around and eating. Now this is a Yehud way. People don't think anything about it. One is fine if food is all kept in one place and a person is picking it up from there and eating in his own place. That's not the way that the Islamic sunnah manner, the sunnah manner that the Sarkhan was laid out and the food was placed on the Dasarkhan, people sat around it and ate. That is a sunnah way. Now this all, go and walk around from one point to the other, that is not the way that the sunnah has taught us. Now people are walking around and eating back and forth out of some necessity if that had to be done, but it's not the sunnah manner. But now that becomes the norm, that becomes the practice. And then people are standing and eating, which Nabi Sallallahu forbade. Now, is that not the way of the Yahud? So now, how these things creep in, in dressing, in eating, in the kind of functions that a person has, at the wedding, now sometimes it's so tragic, it's so sad, that there's a wedding now, and then the father is saying that, you know, I thought my, because my daughter went to a madrasa and all that, so she will also say that she wants a small wedding and she doesn't want all this wastage and everything. But now my daughter is also insisting. She's also insisting she wants it in this grand style. And hundreds of thousands of rands are being then wasted. Wasted. Now, whose concept is that? That kind of wedding is whose concept? That's the concept of the Yahud. It's not the concept of Muslims. It's not the concept that Nabi Islam taught. So Nabi Islam is saying, Sumu Ashura wa Khaliful Yahud. Oppose the way of the Yahud. Don't follow their way. So this is the lesson that Ashura comes to give us. The lesson of Mukhalifat, of opposing the way of the Yahud and Nasara. There are so many things that the Yahud and Nasara have pushed down by means of the media, by means of other things. And then we embrace it. Just keep thinking about this clothing, for example, which we keep talking about. Because this is a it's a, a plague, like we discussed last week. So that jeans and t-shirt culture becomes norm. Then a person says, okay, not outside, inside, and somebody, all these things we spoke about so many times. The Yahudiya inside and Muslima outside. Yahudiya indoors and Muslima outdoors. Now, this kind of double policy, this doesn't work. We are Muslims inside and outside. So now where did all this come from? But This came from the Yahud and Nasara. Where else it came from? So now we are embracing it. So Nabi Islam is telling us, Khaliful Yahud, oppose the way of the Yahud. Don't embrace their ways. You have the best. The sunnah of Rasulullah is ajmal. It is the most beautiful. It is akmal. It is the most perfect. It is ashal. It is the most easy. The easiest thing is the sunnah. And it is perfect. And it is the most beautiful. Now somebody says, but I adopted the sunnah and then somebody else laughed at me. So yes, this happens sometimes. People laugh. Why they laugh? If it was the best, why are they laughing? So don't you... Have you not ever experienced 
that the sweetest thing is given to somebody and they're saying it's very bitter? Have you never heard something like that happen? Yes, it happens. So what is the reason? Because that person is totally sick. So that sick person is tasting the sweet thing as bitter. A person is seeing everything yellow. Something is white, he's seeing it yellow. Something is black, he's seeing it yellow. Something is red, he's seeing it yellow. Everything is yellow for him. Why? Because he's suffering terribly from jaundice. So everything is looking yellow to him. So the whitest thing also is looking yellow. It is The problem is in his eye. The problem is in his body. It's not with what he's seeing. So then, if there's a problem with him, he's going to now mock it. He's going to make comments about it. He's going to say it's bitter. That's his problem. But when he will get cured, then he will see the beauty of it. Then he will see how wonderful it is. And how many people there are who came into Islam. They reverted. They were living a very different life. I received a call from Maputo, from Mozambique, a few days ago. One person went to ask some question. So somebody gave him my number. So he was a music musician. And he's telling me, I live this life like a celebrity. And he's only in Islam now for about a month and a half, two months. And he says, whatever you want to think about the life of a celebrity, I had it all. The money, the fame, the rest of it that goes along, all the evils and whatever indulgences that people normally think that this is life is all about. He had it all and the freedom and nobody to account to. And he says, I thought I was enjoying life, but now that I have come into Islam, I have given up all this. So he says, I have given up all this. And he was living with his so-called girlfriend for I don't know how many years, so she refused to accept Islam, so he left her as well. So he's saying that that was a very tough thing for me, but I gave that up as well. And all the other things that I was years involved in, I gave it up. And he says, I cannot explain to you what I am enjoying and all I wish I had this earlier. Now he is saying that he gave up all that which we want to get into. To try and entertain ourselves. And he's saying, I gave up all this and now I'm enjoying the real peace, the real happiness. And now I, and I, I cannot imagine what I've. This is such a great thing I've been blessed with. And there were some things that he wanted to inquire about. What the point is that those who are coming in, they are embracing this fully and they are throwing and spitting on that life that they had, that way of the Yahud and Nasara that they were living. They are spitting on it now. And we have deen already. We have had Islam from before. And we want to now, na'uzu billah, look at the filth that is outside. So we have to appreciate this great gift and na'mat Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. And we have to rectify our concepts. We have to rectify that these things that we start looking at very strangely. This is the effect of this Yahud and Nasara, their way of life. That we start looking at this small wedding strangely we start looking at this family planning concept as the right way we start looking at all these various other kinds of stories as the right thing which the Yehud are giving and we start looking at what Nabi Islam gave strangely that is because we have also become sick with that Yehud effects to some point to some degree we will have to cleanse ourselves with sincere istighfar 
turning to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, begging his forgiveness and realizing the true value of the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and to the extent that we will bring this into our lives, we will start practicing one one sunnah, to that extent we will start seeing the beauty of the sunnah, we will start appreciating it, we will start getting rid from our lives all these other evils and we will find so much of good, so much of happiness. So these occasions come to give us these lessons. It is not something just comes and goes and that's the end of it. We need to reflect. We need to take the opportunity to keep those fasts, to get closer to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, to make amends and to move ahead. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us all with His total forgiveness. Also not forgetting the lesson of shukr that we discussed that to implement the shukr in our lives Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk anta kama athnita ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minal zalimeen اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين